0: Two Kids in a Career is produced by Jill Devine Media.
1: When you get the opportunity to go on a mission trip, it's really an opportunity to slow down and to engage with uh, someone without the pressures of the the modern world.
2: Every time it's a bit of a, a reset because you you do get over there and you you realize just how fortunate we are and and when I even say we it's, it's not it's not just we meaning you know Todd and I and our families I mean it's it's everybody in the US and that's the that's sometimes the tricky part is you come back and you got to be careful that you don't come back all self-righteous
0: evoke creative is a proud sponsor of two kids and a career they help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent the ladies at evoke creative Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more. At evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but Most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 93 of the podcast. And this is an episode where I feel very prepared, but yet not prepared at all. And it it has to do with this, an amazing organization that I've known about for a while, but have just started digging in and it's Hearts and Hope for Uganda. So I have the founders of this organization on the podcast. Let me first introduce Andy Wiggins and Todd Larkin to the podcast. Thanks for coming on guys. Thanks
2: for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
0: So, we have obviously talked behind the scenes, and I know some of the story about what has led you guys to hearts, hearts and Hope. But I want to give a little bit of a background that I attend Messiah Lutheran in a suburb of St. Louis, and so do you two. And it's this partnership that we have now with Hearts and Hope, where basically And this is just me doing the layman's terms for anyone listening. We have a chance to help the different villages in Uganda and sponsor a child and get that child the education that they so deserve and need. And that's basically the gist. And I have seen this and I have seen individuals in the congregation go on mission trips and have always been interested. And then this year, it was the. Push for kids to get sponsored, and my husband and I looked at each other and we said, "We're in." And so now we have sponsored a boy named Derek. I have his little journey with us so far, and it's very, very new. Uh, you can read about it at JillDevine.com. But I still have lots of questions, and I still don't know how all of it works. So I thought that I would bring you two on and. I want to start with the background of how you two even know each other and how you began this amazing organization. Uh,
2: Yes. So um, I'll jump in. This is Andy. Todd and I have known each other, you know, for years, um, probably knew each other longer than I'd say we were really, you know, friends. And that's because we know each other more uh, from high school, but our wives you know, grew up as as best friends all the way back to Todd. I think it was middle school. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Like yeah.
1: 11, 12 years old, something
2: like that. Yeah. And so uh, Todd's probably been friends and known my wife longer than, you know, than me. And, and you know, just uh, you know, later in life, of course, uh, because of our wives, we've you know spent a lot of time together, became, uh, you know, good friends. And uh, that was, you know, what eventually even kind of led us to the, you know, attending the same you know, church, cause our kids, you know, are, uh, are also both the, uh, uh, the same age. So, uh, that's a little bit of the background, kind of throw it to Todd to maybe fill in any further sure. details. Yeah.
1: So, so, you know, Danny's point, both of our kids are, um, same age, both are, uh, his oldest and my, and our youngest, uh, they're, they're both, um, we both have two kids. Um, and so our oldest kids are the same age and our youngest kids are the same age as well. And, um, they, we, we started. Uh, the, our oldest started attending uh, Messiah, and uh, you know our, our kids, uh, you know, just absolutely loved it, and uh, ended up attending. Moving, I, I moved from one church to uh, to Messiah, and um, really the background of Hearts and Hope really is is it started at Messiah. Uh, Messiah had been partnered um, with a village in Uganda for several years, um, and I think going back to 2006 is when they took their first trip to to Uganda. And they really found, um, you know, a place where they could, uh, Messiah found a place where they could really anchor and in and, and a community and get to develop relationships with the people in that community, get to know them, um, get to understand their challenges, but also their joys um, and vice versa. Uh, that village could get to know the people of Messiah. And um, Andy uh, in 2010 uh, at a, at a baseball game uh, mentioned to me that, you know, Hey, there was a, mission trip this earlier this year. And, um, I'm really, I'm thinking about going next year. Um, he never been on a mission trip. I'd never been on a mission trip. Um, we both worked for corporate America. Um, I still do, uh, Andy's now a, a small business owner, but we never been on a mission trip. We're, we're not quote unquote missionaries, um, in our minds. And, uh, he said, uh, Hey, if, if I'm thinking about going in, in February of 2011, I'm not really sure though, but if you go, if you go with me, I'll definitely go. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had never contemplated going to, uh, Africa, much less Uganda, uh, in my life. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, guess I was moved and decided, yeah, I absolutely will go with you. And, and that, that first trip absolutely changed our life. Um, our, our my life was, uh, I, I was broken, but also brought to joy in the, in the very same moments, uh, over the course of that trip. And, uh, AV experienced that as well. And at the end of the day, some of the things that we experienced, um, uh, on that trip with Messiah, um, we basically wanted to take that same uh, involvement and, and, and model, as it were, that Ma- Messiah was doing with uh, with this village of Nakabongo and, and allow others to join in that very same experience from sponsoring a student, getting to know your student, hopefully getting to meet your student if you ever get the chance to go over to Uganda, but also just the community engagement and the, the relationships that were developed Between people on the trip, people back at home, uh, and these, uh, you know, our our partners in Uganda, and so that that was the start. Back in 2011, we founded Hearts and Hope, and and ten years later, there's eight villages now that we're partnering with, uh, 1,100 kids that are in our sponsorship program today. That doesn't count all the kids who've been in our program and you know moved on. Um, And uh, you know, we're super excited about the next ten years.
0: I want to interrupt the conversation of Hearts and Hope for a second to talk about a mission trip. And my question is, what is a mission trip? Because I don't know how you guys feel or if this is how you felt before you made that decision that you wanted to go, but mission trip kind of can turn some people off as far as the wording or what is expected or what is it. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you two on, you guys are totally normal guys, guys that talk about how you can just hang out and, you know, just normal. So explain the whole mission trip idea and process so that regular people like you and me know what it is.
2: So the inter- I'm I'm sitting here, you know, of course, on a podcast, you can't tell, but I'm just smiling because everything you just said is, is exactly what was going on in my head. So another part of the the story of how Todd and I even came to go to Uganda was we were playing pickup basketball. You know, it's like the old man's basketball at church. And, uh, we were kind of new to the church and and we're just getting to know people through, you know, pickup basketball. and, And we're coming to meet these, you know, just normal, cool laid back, you know, guys, but that they were also just, uh, proud of their faith. They spoke about their faith. A number of them had the year before done the mission trip to Uganda. And so they were talking about it. And it was kind of that same perception of, well, I never thought about mission trips before, but here's these guys that I'm playing basketball with. They seem just like me, you know, we're drinking beer after basketball, you know, but it's still connected to the church. And I was like, there's got to be something more, you know, to this church life than, you know, what, what I knew. And I grew up in the church, right? I mean, I, I've, I've gone to a Christian school, um, been Lutheran my entire life, gone to church, you know, my entire life. Um, but you know, for me, there was a little bit of, okay, what is this about? And I remember my first mission trip meeting, uh, going in. And my biggest fear was, am I going to have to go and talk about my faith and so-called evangelize to these people, because I was like, that is not that is not me. That, that is not what I'm good at or comfortable with. And uh, I remember Pastor Chuck, he was like, absolutely not. You just show up and you just love on some kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, that was, you know, very um, freeing to me was one, I had kind of seen these other guys. I'm like, well, if they went and they had a great time and it and it impacted them, and I'm being told, you know, a mission ship, especially through the church, right, is not just about, you know, kind of proclaiming the word, but, you know, it really is more about showing up and through your actions, let people start to question, well, why in the world would these people come halfway across the world? And it's almost like indirectly people start to realize, oh, well, they have a faith in somebody that cares deeply about us and them. And, and it, it's a game changer. Right. And so it, it, it isn't at all what I thought, I'm sure Todd, you know, can <laughs> can uh, build on that too. Yeah. And I, and
1: I, you know, when Andy asked me to go, uh, to go with him, I set similar concept. I was like, well, who, you know, who am I? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a broken sinner, Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not an evangelist. I, I, I probably, um, you know, <laughs> in any given situation point to the, my favorite, uh, Bible passage. But, uh, I, I would say that, um, you know, I, I, was, for me, it was like, well, mission trips. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like doing projects and I'm handy and I can go over to Uganda and help, help these folks and, um, you know, help construct or do a project or something like that. And uh, that was my, my focus, uh, and my desire. And, and but again, st- certainly, um, you know, apprehensive about what does it mean to be on a mission trip. And at the end of the day, what Andy described is is 100 accurate. And and to the point where, um, you know, we, we try not to do projects. We don't like to have you know Americans flying over to a third world country and uh, providing quote unquote free labor that you know the local community or you know the the, the locals could do themselves as well as get paid to do that work. Um, we really, you know, the focus and and it, you know my eyes were open uh, wide on that first trip is come and meet and interact and engage with this community and these, these people um, who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and, you know, they have a joy in them and it's it's rooted in faith. Go experience that with them and and just understand them and and learn about their culture and ask questions and uh, get a better appreciation for the challenges that they face, but also the, the joy and the, the, the benefits and the, the assets that they bring. Um, and, you know, that is a, you know, it's strange to think about, but so often in this world here in America, but, but also in, in Uganda, you know, people um, pass by each other and, uh, you know, are busy in their daily uh, tasks that they're uh, going after. And uh, when you get the opportunity to go on a mission trip, it's really an opportunity to slow down and to engage with uh, someone without the pressures of the, the modern world. Um, you know, my wife uh, on her first mission trip, uh, made the comment of you know how many times am i uh, at home uh in america and and have an opportunity to just pause and interact um in in a in a really deep and profound way with with someone and even if it's someone i'm just now meeting it's such a, a you know an, an unique experience that doesn't always happen um you know in today's uh today's society
0: and I would have to think too that after you come back from uganda or even when you're in uganda your appreciation for what you have here has to just magnify
1: absolutely um but there's there's also you know and and that i will tell you that um you know some of the guidance that uh, our pastor chuck gave us and he we were fortunate enough that he was on that trip with us um you know he said you know when you come back and your kids you know at that time our kids were 9 and 6 <laughs> they're going to ask you for this video game or take me out to dinner or give me this toy. Um, and he said, don't, don't, don't put what you've experienced onto them. Don't, um, don't put that on them. Uh, understand that they're, they, don't, they haven't seen what you've seen and experienced what you've experienced. And so, you know, approach that with grace. <laughs> um, and, um, so that was, and it was difficult. Um, it was extremely difficult. I don't know if you had, Similar uh, experiences with your family or kids when when they haven't experienced that and you immediately get off the plane, you're jet lagged and um, it's a completely different world.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, certainly when you when you go over there, you know, and and now, obviously, you know, Todd and I, you know, 10 years in, I mean, we've gone over, you know, more than 10 times, you know, each. Right. You know, just about every year, sometimes twice a year, every time it's a bit of a, a reset. Because you you do get over there and you you realize just how fortunate you know um, we are and and when I even say we it's, it's not it's not just we meaning you know Todd and I and our families I mean it's it's everybody in the U.S. and that's the that's sometimes the tricky part is you come back and you got to be careful that you don't come back all self righteous you know and uh, you know Chuck's been great he's like look nobody's nobody that goes over there. You know is expected to come back and sell everything so they can serve the poor but what he really looks for and what we get great enjoyment out of now as an organization is introducing people to these people in uganda and seeing the fire ignited in them to try to make a difference whatever that difference is right and for some people it might mean writing a hundred thousand dollar check and saying i'll build a brand new school uh, for other people it might be as simple as i'm gonna donate to the you know food program because we've got you know kids that you know were struggling during the pandemic and and then obviously for a lot of people the way they get deeply connected is through sponsoring a kid and so you know going over there it, it's it's heart-wrenching and, and and it's and it's great at the same time but um you know it's also it's a just it's a different world. You know, it's, 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 it's hard to really compare, but we hope, and and I think for Todd and I, we'd both agree, you know, we'd like to think we're kind of so-called better people for having experienced Uganda, you know, but it doesn't mean, you know, we don't still like nice things. It doesn't mean I still don't, you know, want the, you know, new fancy, you know, car or, you know, something at the house, you know, it, it, it just means I think a little bit harder about, what I do and how I share my treasures and my gifts, you know, that, that's, that's really all we can ask of anybody that, you know, gets involved in, in uh, what we're doing in Uganda.
0: So you mentioned one of the key components of your organization, which is sponsoring a child and not necessarily a child. I, I, you could say a, a young man or even a young woman. And I, know from what I have experienced at our church that it is a a direct situation, meaning I know that the person we decide to sponsor is going to hear from me, is going to hear from my family. Um, I don't think that's the case in a lot of situations. And I believe me when I say any organization that wants to help out in situations like this is amazing. It really truly is. Obviously, we we can't, you know, argue that. But there is, going back to the whole idea of a mission trip and what we have assumptions about it being, there's some of that too when you're watching TV and you see some of these commercials come on. And I think that people have just been burned a lot. And they're very cautious and they want to make sure, hey, what I'm trying to help and do, I really want to help and do. And so I hope that makes sense as to why I want to talk to you, to about the specifics of the kiddos that are getting sponsored.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, certainly, you know, we've all experienced, you know, those moments where you, you, you're watching TV is the perfect example and, you know, you see the videos of you know the the hungry kids in in Africa, and you know for some of us it goes back to growing up. You know when there was a lot of that was you know happening in the world, or you know it's the the animal, the sick animals that yes. need you know help, and and so it's a great cause. Those organizations are doing great things, but I think the reality is we as people, as humans, first and foremost, we want to trust that where we're sending the money, it's it's actually going to do good. Um, you know, and so I think for, for us at Hearts and Hope, one, we're still small and two, most of the people that we're working with, um, and that are involved, you know, know somebody that has literally gone to Uganda and, you know, seen firsthand the difference that we're making and, and whether it's meeting your own kid or a lot of people go over now and they're, they're meeting their kids, but they're also meeting their neighbor's kids and their friend's kids. Um, you know, so, so there's something about, just working, I think, with a small nonprofit that you know the people that are kind of running it, working in it, you know, involved, have been over, um, that makes a big difference. And then I think that last part is I think people also just want to know that the dollars I'm investing are making a difference. And sometimes it's difficult. I mean, we do lots of big projects, right? But sometimes it's difficult, you know, if you're trying to raise $100,000, you know, to build a new school for somebody to feel like, you know, their $300, you know, donation is is really making a difference, right? Because if you break it down, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, I probably just bought, you know, a couple bricks, right? To oversimplify. But mm-hmm. then you, you look at, what the sponsorship program does for roughly three hundred, you know, dollars, and and it's changing a life, and that's why most of the people that are involved with us, it starts with that, because there is one a knowledge and trust that I'm making a difference, and it's because I know this child, I, I'm communicating with this child. They're they're real, they're connected to me, only connected to me, and and then a lot of people evolve from that to, well, what else can I do? How can I help their school? Oh, the school needs something else. Well, I'll donate because it, it's now personal, right? I'm trying to help, you know, my kid and I'm willing to pitch in to make his school better, you know, or, you know, make her her community, you know, a little bit better. And,
1: and one of the aspects of, uh, you know, I'll say core foundational elements of Hearts and Hope is, um, on that first trip, uh, I had just started sponsoring a little girl. Her name's Patience in the village of Nakabango. Um, and on our, on our visit to that village, um, unfortunately I didn't get a chance to meet Patience that first, that first trip. Fortunately, I've been blessed to be able to go back and, and then meet her and interact with her in a much, um, you know, more involved way. Um, but on that first trip, um, Andy and his wife, Shay had been uh, sponsoring this girl, Magarin and, um, for two years, I believe. And, um, she was actually going to a school that was not in Nakabango. She was boarding at a different school. Um, but she came out to that village and I, I happened to witness Andy, um, seeing her for the first time. And, um, she came walking around the corner and, um, you know, taps Andy on the back. He turns around, it's Magarine. I had, you know, I <laughs> had seen photos of her, but, uh, I didn't, didn't know Magarine obviously as much as Andy and Che did. And and just the uh, the joy um, in Andy's on Andy's face, on Madgerine's face, the relationship that had been developed over those two years, you know, just exchanging letters, uh, and then finally meeting her in person. Um, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to have my camera out and, and taking a photo of that. And um, I, I said to Andy, as we were thinking about starting Hearts and Hope, is I, I want to be able to create an organization that allows or enables people to have that same experience. Um, And it's that one-on-one relationship. And Madgerine, by the way, she now works for Hearts and Hope. She's one of our sponsorship coordinators. So she's actually now in the field. Uh, She's got her degree in social work and she's in the field helping kids that used to be just like her um, and uh, helping them get to the, you know, the opportunity that that she was blessed to have. So, um, you know, that's core to us is, is it's deeply personal and, and either you you can go visit your child or, you know, if you do go and you know, you have friends who connected you to hearts and Hearts and hope. You know, we, our hope is that you would, uh, would also, um, you know, be there to represent your neighbors and your friends who are also sponsoring a student and, you know, be, be their representative to that child and let them know that, you know, I know this person who's sponsoring you and that you're building this relationship with.
0: Before we continue our conversation, I'd like to talk to you about Evoke Creative. They are a sponsor of the podcast and social media. It is one of those things, it, it's a love hate relationship for me. There are times I love it and there are times that I hate it. But as a business owner, I know how important social media is. And there are times where I just feel lost or I don't feel creative or I don't really know how to get my message across. And that's where Evoke Creative comes in. So here's what I love that they do. They offer free advice. They offer free tips to individuals to help. And They're not trying to do anything other than just give you a little bit of love and let you know how effective some of these tips are when it comes to your social media, especially businesses. And then if you find yourself really loving what they're doing, they can help you even more. And they are so awesome with small businesses. They pride themselves in that and they would love to help you out, help you achieve more Customers help you achieve more revenue, whatever it may be, whatever your goal is. Check them out, evokecco.com. All right, let's get back into this week's episode. When you say it's personal, in the short amount of time that we have made a sponsor decision, yes, I am looking at Derek and his family right now as I talk to you. So I have mentioned this in some of my episodes, but I have this vision board. So yes, I I recorded my closet and I have a vision board in here. And Derek and his family are in here to just remind me whenever I see him like, okay, you know, things could be worse. Things could be better, but things could be worse. And what does Derek need? And, you know, obviously I want to spread the word about Hearts and Hope and all these great things that you're doing. But I also want to represent other people like me who have questions, who are a little confused and concerned about the sponsorship. And by that, I mean, I felt like, what do I do? How do I be there for Derek? How do I talk about Derek to others? How do I talk about Derek to, you know, our own children? And you guys really provided some perspective to me on that because I didn't know how we addressed Derek in our family and by that I mean when we were at church and we saw that it was the day that you could go and, and and you guys let the people pick who they want to pick um you know my husband and I looked at each other we said yes we want to do this and he said well why don't we go ahead and do this and then we'll go get the girls because They are basically what's known as Sunday school. And I said, well, I think they should be a part of this process. And he said, yeah, you're right. So we went and got them from their Sunday school classes and the oldest We said to her because she would understand we're like, okay, so we have this opportunity to help a boy or girl in a different country and they don't have things like you have, and we want to help them. And so, would you like an honorary brother or sister? And by surprise, she's like a brother. And then it didn't even dawn on me until we started getting into the sponsorship like, is that right to say? I can't, I, as a mom, how would I feel if somebody was like, oh, they said that your daughter is their honorary daughter or things like that? So that's another conflict that I think people don't understand or know what to do or how to wrestle with. And I was hoping you could talk me through it and the listener through it.
2: I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, over, uh, I think it was probably over lunch a while back, you know, kind of around this topic is. It's, it's easy to struggle with that because, you know, I'd say in a lot of cases, um, they are so, so just grateful, um, you know, that, that they're leaning, you know, into the, the relationship quickly and, and, you know, kind of wholeheartedly, they can offer appreciation, they can offer, you know, kind of themselves. Um, and, and so this whole notion of, what do you call them? Right. And, and, you know, we, we always just say, really, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, you're not, you're not adopting, you know, them, you know, so it's, they're, they're not your, you know, children, the, the, the families and the extended families over there, you know, still have and need to have, you know, the, the, the ownership and the responsibility to kind of raise these kids and, and, and they take it and they want it. Um, but leaning in and I love how you just said that, you know, an honorary, you know, brother or sister, um, you know, cause I think that shows the, the respectfulness, you know, of the situation, which is, I think a lot of people want to feel like, you know, these kids are part of their, you know, extended families, you know, at the same time, you know, we're not really trying to replace, um, you know, other people in their lives. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, I think, sometimes where the, the struggle comes. But I think, you know, what, what uh, you know, you said that that phrase of honorary, you know, brother, sister, honorary, you know, son or daughter. I think that's, you know, that's wonderful. You know, and then that other thing that I think we mentioned was just how culturally they're so different, you know, to where um, I believe we said uh, we're telling you the story how everywhere we would go, everyone's got, you know, like 10 kids, you know. <laughs> yes. And 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 some of that is is true, but it's it's not it's not the way we would have perceived it, you know, because when we hear, oh, this is my son, this is my daughter. Right. We're we're immediately in the U.S. thinking biological over there. No, if they have somebody in their family because it's such a tight knit family, you know, community and culture, they'll call nieces and nephews, sons and daughters. Um, They'll call somebody that, you know, has lost a parent that lives with them and hasn't gone through so called an official adoption process, right? A son or a daughter. And so you, you almost over there, you have to almost unpack if you really wanted to understand. It's like, okay, well, how many of those kids are yours versus your sisters <laughs> versus, and, uh, but for them, I asked this question once, well, why, why would you not just, recognize that as, you know, that's your nephew. Well, in their culture, that would be insulting because then I'd be treating that child differently than my own, which to me was like a crazy, crazy selfless concept, right? Because here I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to treat my biological kids different than, you know, my nieces and nephews or children in Uganda that we're trying to help. And, and, and you just kind of realize it's just culturally, that's, that's who they are right and that's one of the things we love about it it's incredible
0: it's so beautiful and and yes so beautiful this is something else we talked about at lunch that the moms i mean i don't want to to pass the judgment that the dads aren't in these kids lives but when you look at a lot of the stories from my understanding there's a lot of fathers that are not present so what about the moms are they wanting people to come and sponsor their children or do they have kind of a, a guard up as far as what is expected?
1: So, you know, for many of these um, children and their guardians and parents, they're in very, you know, challenging situations. Um, in in most cases, they are, I'd say, probably the number one occupation that we have for our, our families, the guardian there or, or the parent or Uh, The aunt um, is a day laborer, a peasant, and they work in a field um, and they're taking care of their kids, um, you know, their other uh, family members' kids. And in many cases, you know, we've seen situations um, even on that first or second trip to Uganda where a mom has, in one case, she had twin daughters and um, she had to make the difficult decision of which one can go to school Mm. and which one's going to go with me into the fields and help me. Um, earn a living. Um, so when, when, you know, when we launch a sponsorship program in a village um, and look for um, candidates for that sponsorship program, our team actually goes into that local village with works with the local leaders from the church. Um, if there's a school there, we, we work with those school leaders as well. And they actually go out and select, interview the, the families, understand the situation uh, that they have uh, to make sure that the kids that are being sponsored are the neediest in the community, so so that is a truly a blessing because then mothers don't have to make that difficult decision that I just described. Um, and what we found in our, when we were creating Hearts and Hope, uh, when we started to look at schools and how do they typically run, you know, there are government-run schools that are a typical classroom is 120 students in a in a classroom um, with one teacher oh. uh, and a black and a blackboard, and it's rote learning, um, and it is what it is. Um, and if you're very bright you can perhaps get through right um, in schools that um, you know hearts and hope um, helped manage for several years um, that typically what happens is you will fill up a school a classroom and about a third of the kids are able to pay their tuition on time another third will pay occasionally and they'll um, they'll, they'll pay but they'll be in arrears and you know eventually they'll make it up but um, it, it's a struggle for them, but they have some level of income. And then there's a third of the kids that, that never, never pay. And what ends up happening with them is they'll go to school um, that first day and they'll sit in the classroom for several weeks, getting as much education as they can. And then when the bill comes due at the end of the month and their parents haven't paid or they haven't shown up with their school fees, um, the bursar, the um, treasurer for the school, um, chases them away and says, you know, don't come back until you have your school fees. And they'll go back and, and work in the fields with their parents for several months, earn enough money to come back with school fees, and they'll pay the school fees. And then they'll sit there for another month until the cycle begins again. And what ends up happening is they get a little bit of education spread out over multiple years, um, but it's not truly you know, the type of you know, the level of education needed. And so our Hearts and Hope sponsorship program is intended to focus on those kids who, who ultimately you know, wouldn't be able to attend a, a quality school like this. Um, and pay for their school fees, um, and so that they don't get chased away. And so it truly is, you know, I, I will say most parents that are, you know, come into the program, uh, view it as a blessing, um, and uh, are, you know, ain't excited to be a part of it, not only just from the paying of their school fees, but also because they now have someone, you know, across across the world, who's investing in their family's life, and, um, you know, they building that relationship. So um, I, I would say it's a uh, it's, it's it's always a challenging question. That's a, a challenging situation to be in, but ultimately it's a, it's a blessing.
0: I believe that there are going to be many more conversations that can be had between the three of us and even between your team on the development of Hearts and Hope and the development of what's happening in Uganda. So I have tons and tons and tons and tons of questions which I will save for some other episodes. But as we wrap things up today, I think probably the best thing to wrap up with is that sponsorship. So I don't know if maybe I thought that a sponsorship was always open or how does that work as far as when somebody can jump on board with that and exactly what they're paying for?
1: We we always have children available for sponsorship. Uh, we did a sponsorship drive at Messiah, uh, and that was that coincided with the launch of a partnership um, in in the village of Butagona. Um, that that partnership was launched because we had a generous donor that was willing to invest in the capital infrastructure and build a school, um, but we needed to s- fill the school with kids. And so Messiah agreed, "Hey, we'll do a sponsorship drive," which you know we can do uh, in any church or. Uh, organization that wants to do that, will come to your your location and uh, host a sponsorship drive and and um, you can get your, your organization, your church involved. Um, but we do have children available on our website, heartsandhope.org. And we have eight villages that we're partnered with. And there's children in every one of those villages um, that are looking for sponsors. Um And they either are, and and we also highlight students who may have lost their sponsor, where someone has sponsored that student and gotten them several years into their education, but unfortunately weren't able to continue with the commitment. Um, So you can visit our website um, and click sponsor a child. And you can look at uh, student profiles and uh, across eight different villages um, and um, select one. Uh, Go through the checkout process. You'll get a welcome packet in the mail. Um, That sponsorship program basically pays for a year's worth of tuition. Um, in our primary schools, Hearts and Hope actually helps fund um, the teacher's salary. So we pay the teacher's salaries in each of those schools. Um, but your student would get admission to that school, uh, a uniform, uh, quality leather shoes, um, which for many of them, the uni- school uniform and the shoes, this is their, this is their Sunday best. Um, they get meals, uh, lunch every day, um, as well, a mosquito net. Um, well, so we also have the opportunity for people when they do sponsor a student to, to contribute to our medical fund, um, which allows us to you know respond to any acute situations that may come up, any urgent um, critical care. Um, but we also use that fund to help provide for preventative um, treatments such as anti-malarial, um, anti-fungal, anti-worm um, medication for the students. So there's opportunities to contribute beyond just the, the sponsorship program.
0: Also, when you check out the website, you can see to the social media handles. And I encourage anyone and everyone to follow along because seeing some of these cool stories, like it's not all doom and gloom. Like when I see some of those kiddos singing or playing soccer, it just makes me smile because it's like, all right, we're all doing something. We're doing something to make these kids have a great day. Like, it's not always the sadness as the hook. You know what I mean? Like, it, there, there's good. And when you were talking about the sponsorship, too, like, and going back to the whole personal story, I have to say, like, your team is so great at this where anytime we can have any kind of communication, we're going to get it. Like I remember getting an email saying, Oh, Hey, here's a picture of Derek on the day that he got notified that he gets to go to school. And they sent that picture and it was really cool. It was just like, okay, this, this is, this is why we do this. Like, this is really awesome.
2: Yeah, we're very fortunate that we have an incredible staff. You know, we're 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 still very small. We just have two full time and two part time, you know, uh, employees in the U.S. Uh, we've got a bigger team over in in Uganda, uh, but they care so deeply about you know this mission and these kids that they want to do everything they can to make these connections. And, and, you know, our, our little tagline, when we kind of built this all is uh, develop relationships, create hope, transform lives. And, and, you know, it, it's kind of sappy or kitschy or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, it, it does start with that relationship piece. And so um, through those relationships, we are creating hope and, you know, transforming lives. And, and so we take very seriously, you know, doing anything we can to allow people to feel connected to their sponsored child, to the community they're part of or supporting. Um, because we feel the more, more people feel connected, uh, the, the, the more good we're going to, you know, do at the end of the day. And, and not only will lives be changed in Uganda, but, you know, I think what we also continue to find out is, the other mission is people in the U.S. that get involved, their lives change. They feel better about themselves because, you know, they're finding you know a way to give back to somebody that just needs a little extra, you know, support or encouragement.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you that most of the people that you guys know that I know and, and work with at the church, <laughs> I'm like, so giddy the day after we sponsored Derek, like, you guys, look—we're sponsoring a boy. Here's this. Here's pictures of them, like you know, and and they were smiling and laughing because they—it reminded them of their first time. And some of them are on their second or third kid, and it just is this really cool, infectious. Like, oh my gosh, I'm helping. I'm doing something. This is what I sh- should be doing, and I want to do. And and it's just really exciting. It's a, it's a great organization. I will have the link to your website that's going to be posted on the show notes and also at jilldivine.com along with any other additional information and i just want to thank you both for all that you're doing i mean it really truly is saving lives it's making a difference in other people's lives it's changing lives and i cannot wait to just be along this journey with you guys and keep talking about the next 10 years
2: Well, we, we of course, appreciate you having us on, getting involved, you know, on a personal level, but, uh, you know, your willingness to help, you know, do what you do, you know, exceptionally well, which is, you know, tell stories and kind of get the word out. Um, That's greatly appreciated. You know, that's what this is, at the end of the day, all about is uh, introducing more people to, you know, the wonderful people of Uganda. So we appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jill. appreciate it.
0: In our next episode, episode 94, I will be joined by Greg and Beth Langston. They are the co founders of the College Flight Plan. And this episode is going to be great for any parent who has a kid in high school or even just out of high school, trying to figure out what's next for your child. And I know that I didn't have a lot of tools and resources to help with my decision making for after high school, but thankfully, I was able to figure it out, but not a lot of people have that option or know exactly what it is that they want to do. And this is where Greg and Beth are going to come in. So I hope you will join me for that episode. I would like to remind you of Evoke Creative, one of the sponsors of the podcast. They really do pride themselves in being so super helpful with small businesses, whether that's through social media or through web design. And I can tell you from firsthand experience The website they created for me, absolutely love, user-friendly, easy to navigate through. It's so great for my particular brand. And they're also really helpful when it comes to questions that I might have about Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and what should go there and what should go here and what shouldn't happen. So turn to the ladies at Evoke Creative. They truly, truly want to help you. EvokeCCO.com. As always, I would like to thank you for your support of the podcast, and I am gonna ask you for a favor. Can you please go and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast? Wherever you're listening to this on whichever podcast platform of your choosing, you have that option, and when you do that, This allows the podcast to get into the hands of others, kind of word of mouth deal. So I appreciate that. You can also follow along on social Instagram at Jill Facebook at Jill Media and Twitter at Jill Radio. I wish they could all be the same. I know, but life's complicated, right? You can also follow along JillDevine.com. There's all kinds of good stuff there, including the nomination form for a Supermom shout out. Thank you so much for all of your support of two kids and a career.